All right, if you could stand and open your Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. You can, uh, if you have your Bible on your phone, on your iPad, on the paper, a book Bible, however you have God's Word, let's look at it this morning. Matthew chapter 1, the first book of the New Testament. Uh, and the children are dismissed for class. Thank you, Ms. Barbos, for that. Let's look at verse 18 and on all the way to verse 25. Let's see what the Lord says there this morning. It says, wait for you to get there. It says, Now the birth of Jesus was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. This is a very controversial verse among our world. But we Christians believe this. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and now willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her, her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her, in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and I shall call his name Jesus, for it for he shall save his people from their sin. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which be an interpret God with us. Then Joseph being raised from, the, from sleep, that as the angel of the Lord had bidden him to talk unto him his wife, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her first son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray heavily. Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Thank you, Lord, for Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for Jesus, for his willingness to leave heaven and come to earth to be our Savior. Thank you for Calvary and for shed blood, because it was there that he said it is finished. Pray, Father, if anyone here this morning that never received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, may today they open their hearts and call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So today we're going to talk about the birth announcement of the king. Last week we looked at uh, genealogies. Uh, many people, when they read the Bible, they don't like to read genealogies. Uh, there's names over there that we don't know how to Say it, you know, it's like everybody Americanized much as they can the name. Uh, but last week we looked at genealogies and uh, uh, that we talked about Jesus be a, being a legit king. We saw the, his, his birth line, where he came from, and he was a legit king, and Jesus is a legit king. And today we talk about, we're going to talk about the birth announcement of the king. So when we, some, I mean, I put it this way. First of all, before I even get to that, Christmas is not about Santa Claus. Right. Do we love Santa Claus? Oh, yeah, a little guy, nice guy with a big belly. You know, actually, uh, yesterday I was watching Santa Claus, the movie, just, uh, just for the, I watch it every year, you know, just, just for fun. But I know that's not Christmas. Christmas is a celebration. That's what it is. Christmas is a, a celebration. What do we celebrate at Christmas? Jesus' birth. 
That's what we celebrate at Christmas. So this whole month is a celebration. Everybody celebrates differently. But it's all about a celebration. The world is going to have their celebrations. They're going to have <clears throat> the bars open and all these things they're going to have in the name of Christmas. That's their celebration. But that's not how we celebrate. We, celebrate, we Christians celebrate the birth of our Savior. That's what Christmas is all about. So the world has their celebration. Christianity has their celebration. We celebrate Christ, the Savior of the world. So that's what Christmas is about. So, today we're going to talk about the announcement of the king. Let me put it this way. How many of you uh, have children here? All right, oh, quite, almost everybody. All right, good, good. So, do you remember your firstborn? Did you remember the announcement that you did? You know, you know for, so people would know that, you know, you having a baby, especially, you know, People, ladies, people knew that you were going to have a baby, okay? But when the day came, how the announcement went out? I was the guy. You got nervous? You know? <laughs> uh, my third one, I got a little depressed. <laughs> I don't know why. But <laughs> I didn't expect My wife said, snap out of it. I'm like, oh, I don't know what it was. <laughs> she still talks about that from time to time. Oh, why in the world I was depressed? Didn't I? I don't know. But I don't like depression. But anyway. So, our firstborn uh, kid, Patrick, was born October 13, 1993. This was the days before Internet. There was no Internet. There was no emails and Facebook, nothing of that. Today we put in on those things. Everybody knows. So, and we had, uh, um, what do you say, we had to send out birthday announcements, cards, you know, or the old-fashioned way, you go to the phone and call people. That's what we did. So I remember when he was <clears throat> born, hey, I, well, by the way, my, my dad came to me and said that once we expect, my dad said to, said to me, and I remember that, it better, it better be a boy. <laughs> I thought, all right, dad, all right, you know, it better be a boy. Yeah, well, okay. But uh, I remember rocking out of that, as soon as he was, he was born, I don't know if she remembers, she said, you need to tell my dad. So I went, I came out of the room, I went down the hall. I didn't want to get out of the room, so I went all down the hall to find a phone so I could call her dad. And I said, you know, we have a kid. You have your first grandson. And I could hear the, the joy and the, the yelling on the other side of the line. Well, that's the way announcements were done these days, you know. So he, he was so happy that he had a grandson because everybody else's granddaughters. I don't know why. But anyway. So it was our first grandson. But I remember that, the announcement. You know, today is much different. Today they have uh, these, you know, those things like the birth announcement in, a, in a blue or pink. We didn't have those things in our days. But anyway, but today is much different than it was those days. So the birthday was an exciting time, wasn't it? When you announce, you know, that we, well, you have a baby boy or a baby girl. It's an exciting time. You know, you, you, have, you have that bundle of joy come into your home. You know, until you begin to change diapers and all that. No, I'm just kidding with you. So anyway, so it's, <laughs> so it's, an, it's exciting. So, so for us today, we're looking about here at the same thing, the, 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 uh, the announcement of Jesus' birth. So our passage here in Matthew this morning was to have a birth announcement. But it's not just a, 
the announcement of the year. I believed when our firstborn was, was, was born, it was the announcement of the year for us. I mean, it might not be for anybody else, but, you know, as parents, you're excited, aren't you? You remember when you have your firstborn? You know, that was the most greatest thing that happened to you. All right, for the first time I was a father. That is great. Or for the first time you were a mother. Wow. So, but this birth announcement that we see here today is not the birth announcement of the year for the parents. It is the birth announcement of the ages. You follow that? Is the birth announcement of the ages. Look what it says in verse 18. For the birth of Jesus was on the wise. Wow, great word right there. The birth, the word uh, uh, Jesus right there. Our Messiah, the promised Messiah that would come. You know, he was promised for ages. You know what? And the day came. You know, the Bible says, in the fullness of time, Jesus came. Not our time. God's time. It came. So, let's look at this morning, this, uh, uh, this message, the birth announcement of the king on several points. It is a birth announcement. It was a glorious day. It was joy. Remember even Mary said, he kept in her heart all the things that were being said about her son. And meant something to her. To her. So, look, first of all, let me, let's look at, at Joseph. We're going to look at Joseph this morning. We're going to see Joseph's dilemma here. Folks, sometimes we are prone to think that we are the only ones that have problems. Got that? Life is full of problems. I'm the only one who's suffering. Is it true? It's not true. Everybody has problems. Some little, some big, but all of us go through problems. Everybody have those things. Okay? Uh, and that we, like said, so let me remind you that every one of us have problems, and every one uh, of us is not perfect. Is anyone perfect here this morning? No. No. Even in the Bible, three, three, uh, in, the Bible in Bible times, people have had to deal with problems. Imagine Joseph engaged to be married with uh, to be married with Mary. And right before his wedding day, he's facing a big dilemma. Man, what would you do if that would happen to you? You engage to be married. You give her the beautiful big diamond ring. And she comes to you. Hi, Joseph. I'm expecting a child. What would you do? That's what this guy faced here. I mean, there's reality. There's not just a story. Was, these were people. You know, she comes to him and said, I had a child from the Holy Ghost. From the Holy Ghost. You did what? Letter A. Joseph pledged to be married to Mary. Verse 18. Who likes love stories this morning? Who likes love stories? Honestly. All right, like... You know, you, you know, I know ladies watch those love stories on TV, you know, like Hallmark movies right now. They're all so good, you know. You know, it's all about good love stories, you know. Like, and like I, I told my wife, like, I got to watch Santa Claus something because I can't take these stories anymore. <laughs> I don't want these love stories, you know. And everybody's good, you know. Uh, it, it is fine. I mean, you know what? It is sucks you in. 
You've been there. Before you know you're like, you, you, oh, in the thing. You know, it's about coffee shops. You see these love, most love stories about coffee shops. What's this thing about coffee shops? Anyway, so, <laughs> so, there's quite a few classic stories out there that I like about Christmas and things like that. But this is a love story right here, folks, about Joseph and Mary. Get this. There is two young people here. Mary gets to expect a, a child from the Holy Ghost, and you get a man that loves this woman, and now he has to make a drastic decision. What am I going to do? It is a, not just a love story, listen to this, it's a classic story. It's a classic one. It started in biblical times, and we still talk about it today. I think it's the number one love story of the ages. I believe so. Look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was unwise when his mother married was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They were engaged to be married, typically speaking in the, in the, the way we do today. There were three steps to a Jewish wedding in those days. You're not going to like this. First, there was an engagement period which uh, often began with the parents arranging the marriage while the, the spouses were still children. My parents are not going to tell me to whom, to, to whom I'm going to marry with. Sometimes, you know what, some of our children will do best if I, we choose their, their spouses. But it's like, get your mind from the old age. I'm sorry. But you know what, sometimes, you know, you're going to marry who? Anyway, that's another story for another time. But anyway, but in those days, that's where it was. Parents arranged the marriage between their kids. So, and it was there in, in biblical times. So next came the betrothal of or engagement we have today. So during this time, listen, that, that, that uh, engagement time, it was a serious time. Like they were married already together. Today, uh, we, in our day, people don't take engagement very serious. Not like in those days. But, you know, like that, those days were like, they were married together. They were just, you know, that was that, let's put like engagement time. During that, that time of engagement period, it, uh, you were considered husband and wife legally, although you did not live together as husband and wife. So, and actually, uh, I believe there was a legally a binding relationship that lasted a, a whole year, which could only be broken by a divorce already. And then finally came the year of marriage, of course. And uh, so we will see here there was three steps of that. So in letter B, we see Joseph, hard news. Let me put it this way. This should be a happy time of planning and anticipation. I remember when we, I planned, or my wife and I planned our marriage. If you married here, you remember those days. It was a good time. It was a happy time. You planned this. You, you're anticipating that day. Well, what do you think Joseph was doing and Mary? Now think about it. If you in his shoes, how would you receive that news? Would you be heartbroken? Yeah. Of course you'd be heartbroken. I can't imagine. I mean, you can tell that he was heartbroken by the fact that he wanted to put her away. So, you might, might remember, I mean, some of you, those of you who were here last week, the genealogy last week, that each... Uh, of the woman represented in the genealogy had, had questioned 
marks about their backgrounds. It was formed in the genealogy of, of Matthew, if you read Matthew 1. So when suddenly Joseph's whole relationship with Mary is right here, it's thrown into question. Who is the father of the, of the, of the baby? Who, who, uh, we know that it wasn't Joseph, although uh, that's probably what everyone else thought about it. Matthew tells us that this happened before they came together. So the Bible is very specific. Before they have any physical relationships or relationship with each other, married was found with child. So here's not Joseph here. By the way, if you engage to be married, to marry, and she came to you with the story, what would you say? What would you say to her? You, you want to know me a, a, a true fact? Most men will walk away. I'd say about 95% of men would say, have a good night, have a good life, I'm out of here. And Joseph was about to do that. Or would you say, right, you are what child of the Holy Ghost. Imagine today. Honey, I love you. I got to tell you something. The Holy Ghost put a child in me. I'm going to have a child of the Holy Ghost. I love you. You do what? You see the dilemma here? You do you, you what? Thinking about the way we think today. Uh, do you need to go to a mental hospital or something? I mean, what would you think? I mean, it's a very fascinating story right here. So Joseph had this critical time in his life was, was in need of divine intervention. It's not by mistake that the angel of the Lord came to him. You know why? Because he was about to just get rid of her. So he needed divine intervention. No, no one was going to convince him that Mary was telling him the truth. No friend, no family member, no pastor, anybody was going to convince him. He was convinced that she was, she was being unfaithful to him. He needed divine intervention. Look at verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. So he needed divine intervention. Guess what? God showed up in the scene. You know what? A lot of times God shows up in the scene for us when we need divine intervention. When life is so hard for us, Beware, because sometimes we entertain angels unaware. Sometimes a brother or sister that comes with a word. Sometimes a friend, sometimes a family member. They, need, they just come at the right moment, at the right time, and intervene and helps us. In a, in a critical moment in our lives. I remember, I was 19. I was in the workplace, came outside in a break time. And this guy came to me and offered me drugs. And I was very tempted, young and stupid, very tempted. And this guy comes across and say, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You're talking about divine intervention. That with those words were enough for me to turn around and say, I don't need that. See, there are sometimes there are critical moments in our lives on which God in many ways makes it as we clear to us so we can back up and think right. And Joseph's right here, he needed divine intervention. And it was not a friend or family man that came to him. It was an angel of the Lord. 
Joseph was in need in divine intervention, and God did not, did not fail him. Let me put it this way, folks. God will never fail you. God is not a failure. He will never fail you. The ones you fail is us. Sometimes God says, I want you to go this way, and you turn, oh, no, I'm going this way. Whose fault is it? It's not God's fault. It's our fault. We made the wrong decisions. You see, right here, Joseph get, gets divine intervention. The angel of the Lord shows to him, and he know what he needed to do. He needed to listen. And you know what? Praise the Lord, he did listen. You see, uh, Joseph was in need of divine intervention, and God did not fail him. It was, it was, he came in the right moment and the right time. And so, we have the first miracle surrounding the birth of Jesus here. Jesus was going to be born, but this man needed a change. Number two, number, let us see, uh, Joseph's mindset. Of course, Joseph did not know all these things, so what was he to do? What, what, you know, what, what he needed to do in order to even believe such a thing? As far as he knew, Mary has been unfaithful to him. The Old Testament counts such unfaithfulness as adultery and of an offense which was punished by debt if Joseph chose to press charges. He could go and press charges against her. Mary could be a dead woman. And you know what? Actually, we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 and verse 24. That was the law of the Lord. So Joseph was faced with a dilemma here. The life of his future wife was in his hands. He could have her killed, or he could put her away privately, or married her. He had a decision to make. Folks, the same thing. How many men have come to that point on which they have to make that decision? On which the, the other person say, hey, and they have to make a decision. Joseph was to make that decision. Joseph was faced with a dilemma, and that dilemma needed to be resolved. God, God sent his angel to him. Look at verse 19, that Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Listen, this guy was not a jerk. This guy was not a bad man. The Bible says he was a just guy. He was an honest person. He wanted to do what was right. It says, now willing to make her a public example, he didn't want to do that. Why? Because he loved her. And look what it says. Was, was minded to put her away, her away privately. Jo- Joseph is struggling with this. What was he going to do? Number two, we see Joseph's dream. Those who are unsaved, people who are unsaved, for, and I'm listen, listen, I had people actually made mockery looking at me about this story, he say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look what I said. He had a dream. All of us have dreams. All right? Okay, so, people dream all kinds of things all the time. You're going to tell me that and make me believe that Joseph had a dream and the angel of the Lord show up to him? You see, folks, that's what faith comes about. You either believe or you just be like everybody else mocking God. You know what? God chose to show himself in a dream to Joseph and speak to him. And you know what? When he woke up, it was very real in his, in his mind that to a point that he had to make a decision. Listen, we live in a world full of mockers, of people that mock God constantly. They mock the Bible, they mock the Word of God, and they pick and choose these little things to make you feel bad. Many people have thrown this thing at me. 
Well, praise the Lord that for the heart of Joseph, because he was a just guy, that God, that took, uh, a guy, I'm sorry, that took to heart what the, what the angel said to him very seriously. It was, just, it was not just a dream. It was the angel of the Lord speaking to him. It was, a, it, was, it was a real dream with a real angel of the Lord who came to him with a messenger from God, a message from God. Remember I said that Joseph needed divine intervention? Well, God came to him in the right time. God intervened for the second time in this story. We see first, uh, uh, actually, Matthew uh, uh, one twenty. Look at that. It says, For while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not, now, uh, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, that, uh, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And verse 21 says, And he shall bring forth a son, and, an, uh, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for, the, for, shall save, for he shall save this people from their sin. So we see right here, the angel announced him not to be afraid, and secondly gives him instructions. If the angel of God appeared to you, would you be afraid? Oh, no, I'm not afraid of anything. Really? We're afraid of many things, don't we? <laughs> so notice here, the angel addresses Joseph as Joseph, the son of David. Who is David? The king of Israel. This is the key. Joseph is the son of David. That is a direct descendant of King David. The angels... <coughs> I'm sorry, he's saying to him, Joseph, remember who you are. You come from the line of kings. You need to say yes to this decision. Matthew began the genealogy by calling Jesus the son of David. So, letter A, we say Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph needed to divine intervention. Let me put it this way. If any church out there did not believe the virgin birth of Mary, by the Holy Spirit, do not go to that church. I'm sorry, because this is a basic doctrine of Christianity. If we're not going to believe that this happened through the Holy Spirit of God, then we are wasting our time. It is a basic doctrine of Christianity. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We see this in verse 20. So the angel had two commands for Joseph here. Look at verse 20. It says, Joseph, the son of David, fear not. He said, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to take her and to, your, and to thee thy wife, for thy wife. So the angel tells Joseph well, that what we already know from early in this passage, Mary is still a virgin, but God had worked a miracle in her life. Let me put it this way. <coughs> Let me put it this way. How hard it is to believe that. Oh, it's hard. Okay. All right. Do you believe that God created the earth? Do you believe that God created everything out of nothing? He spoke and came to existence. So why do we have a problem that God put, put Jesus inside Mary's womb? Is that impossible to God? The Bible says there's nothing impossible with God. Do you believe that Jesus can save a person's soul? And see, we can pick and choose. Listen, if we go believe something and deny other things, we limited God's power. Who is God? He is all the, the most powerful being that we can think about. Hercules can't even compare himself to him, if you want to put it that way. 
And see, God is the creator of all things. And yes, he uses a vessel as Mary to put Jesus there. So you know what? So we could have a Messiah, a Savior. But people say, oh, that's not... All right, okay. Continue to mock God. Because I continue to believe. So Joseph is the son of David here. So not let you see, his name is Jesus. So the second commandment for Joseph is, is found to give a specific name. Joseph did not choose the name. God did. You follow that? Joseph did not choose, oh, I'm going to name him this thing. No, no, no. God says, this is the name you're going to call. Look what it says in verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name what? Jesus. If you have your Bible there, it's actually in, in, in uh, uh, big letters right there. Jesus. For he shall save his people from this sin. See the promise? Jesus came for one purpose, to save you and me. Wow. So his name is Jesus. Jesus was a popular boy's name at the time, similar to the boy, maybe John today, or some other popular names. I like the, brother, the way Brother Rosado says, Yahshua, right, brother? Yeshua. Praise the Lord. So I don't speak Hebrew, but anyway, I like, to, I like to listen to those things. So you know what? Jesus came, and it was specifically mentioned his name. Look what it says in Psalm 130, verse 8, And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. What God says right here. Today, the same Jesus of Bethlehem is the Christ of Calvary. And like, let me tell you this. He's, when he said, is finished on that cross, that means when you come to him with all your sin, with all your bad things that you have done, and then you ask forgiveness, guess what he does? He forgives you. That's how good God is. Now on the subject of Jesus' birth, the Bible teaches the pre-existence of, eternal, of the eternal Son of God. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us... Uh, a child is born, unto us a son is given. In like manner, Galatians also teaches the pre-existence of the virgin birth of Christ. Look what it says there. But when, Galatians 4, 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth a son, made of a woman, made under the law. Listen, folks, it was all God doing. It was not man doing. By the way, it is all God's history, not man's history. The incarnation is when the eternal Son of God took human flesh without losing any of His divine nature. He added a human nature that miraculously history change even took place in a, in a virgin uh, 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 Mary's womb. So in, 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 in the virgin birth, the immaterial, the spirit, and the material Mary's womb were both involved just as at creation the earth was formless and empty. And dark. Mary's womb was empty, barren place. And just as at creation, the Spirit of the Lord moved into the face of the water. Genesis 1-2. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Mary. And now we have Emmanuel. God with us. Imagine. I said this last week. When Jesus walked on the face of the earth, people were looking at the face of God. Imagine that. When they mock him, they were mocking God. When they spit on him, they were spitting on God. Folks, when people mock Jesus today, mock God today, what are they doing? They're mocking God. When they curse Jesus today, they curse God. 
You know, one thing that makes me sick to my stomach is when people swear all kinds of swears. And they put Jesus' name there. My heart just cries out. And if you say something, they argue with you. Let us see you see Emmanuel. God with us. And Matthew draws us all to the way back to the Old Testament prophecy. Shows us that this way, that was God's plan all along. It says, look at verse 22 of Matthew says, And now all this was done. It said, all this came to pass was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets. Listen, the birth of Jesus was not a, just a new phenomenon that came to the, to, to the scene. It was God's promise to the human race. You go back to Genesis 3.15, all the way back in the beginning of the Bible, and that promise was given to us right there, that the Messiah would come. And the interesting thing is this. The interesting thing is, it was promised through the ages that he will come. And is the sad thing, when he came, the Bible says he came to his own, his own receive him not. And every year, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And many people do not open the doors of their houses or their hearts to receive him. To this very day, Jesus is still being rejected by millions. They don't want him. We talk about when Mary and Joseph looking for a place on which they could stay for the night and doors were closed. I heard a story the other day. It was a little show. It was so funny. It says, yeah, the Hilton closed their doors. Uh, motel City closed their doors. All these hotels closed. Everything, everybody closed their doors to Jesus. We're still doing the same thing today. Hearts are closed. Jesus said, I want to come in. Open the door. I want to spend time with you. And they say, no place for you here. No place for you here. Emmanuel, God with us. My third point, last point, Joseph's decision. Almost done. So, if you were Joseph, guys, what would you do? You loved that young woman. She is the most beautiful thing to you. She comes to you with that news. What would you say? What would be that response to you? Honestly. Talk about the one that you with. What would you say? It was a time of decision for Joseph. He needed godly intervention. He got it. Letter A, he took Mary home as his wife. Well, Joseph made a decision that 90, probably 95% of men would never do. He took the hard road. He took Mary to be his wife. Look what it says in verse 24. Then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord has bidden him and took unto him his wife. Look what it says here. It's very important. Verse 25. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her first son, and he called his name Jesus, the way he was commanded. Joseph had two jobs, and he did it. 
in a way that most men wouldn't do. It was the moment of decision, and Joseph chose to obey. Joseph never speaks of the New Test uh, in the New Testament, but again and again we see him response in obedience to God's command. The simple, direct, immediate obedience is a hallmark of Joseph's character. It is a man of obedience. Let me tell you something. There are times in our lives on which we have to make decisions. And sometimes the the hardest decision we have to make, it seems like it's the way God wants us to go. You know what? When we do that in obedience, we reap blessings over here. It might be very hard, but we reap the blessings. You know what? Most go the other way. Because it's the easy road. Joseph's decision, it was not an easy road for him. Can you imagine the mockery in town? He said, well, you know, listen. He's Providence, a big city. Providence, a big city. Many people in this place don't even know I exist or you exist. When you live in a little town somewhere, everybody knows you by name. And I believe that everybody knew Mary and Joseph in that town by name. So whatever they decide, <clears throat> there you go, he goes to satellite. Did you hear? You hear what? You marry, you know? She's a child, and Joseph, you know, he's going to marry her. Oh, my goodness. And they go next to her. Did you hear? And it keeps going. That was the way it was on these days. I mean, not to pick on Italians, but uh, this is funny. I saw, <laughs> I saw a meme. There was an old <clears throat> grandma in a veranda in Italy, and she's like this. He said, that's the way news travels. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> so he took Mary as his wife. Let it be. He had no union with Mary until she gave birth. The Bible is very clear right here. Jesus took, I'm sorry, Joseph took Mary home as his wife, but he obediently didn't, <clears throat> they didn't have no physical connection with one another. You know what I'm talking about here? He told the birth of Jesus. He's talking about being a just man, an obedient man. And to respect her. Let me tell you folks. We have to respect another, respect another human being. Especially those who live in our homes. Look what it says in Matthew. Go to Matthew 13 and verse 55. Because some people believe that Mary was immaculate. And Mary never had children. Well, Mary had Joseph, I mean, Mary had Jesus as the first child, but Mary had other children as well, after the fact. So there goes about wrong teaching out there, and I don't mention anything, but look what it says in Matthew 13, 55. Is this not the carpenter's son? They're talking about Jesus, they're mocking him. Is not this, his mother called Mary? Look at the question right there. It's like nobody in town knew them. And his brethren... James and Joseph and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his and his sisters uh, are they not uh, uh, not uh, not I'm sorry all with us? Hence, then had this man all these things. You see, right here in this passage, it mentioned that of course after the birth of Jesus, after those they had they had physical relations, and of course Mary had other children. Somebody said, well, in those days they call everybody. Uh, brothers and sisters. Well, that's what we call in the church, brothers and sisters, right? Let us see. He gave him the name Jesus. He almost done. After 
And after Jesus was born, Jesus, uh, Joseph obeyed a second command by the, the, uh, the angel. He gave him the name Jesus. His name, uh, uh, by naming him, jo- Joseph became the legal father of Jesus. That was passing on him the legal right of king to the Davidical bloodline. Jo- Joseph was the son of David, and from now uh, on, on, Jesus would be known as the son of David. He is a legit king. He has a right to the throne. And let me tell you, what an announcement. Talking about a love story here. You like love stories? I mean, go tell people. I, I know the greatest story, love story of all. Because this one, it was a real story. It was not a make-believe story like the ones we watch on TV. This one is a real one with real people. That is a real story here. You know what? And this guy took the angel's uh, 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 dream and information so seriously that he didn't think about, maybe I should call him Manny or, or John or, or some other name. I don't know. No, he went specifically, his name is Jesus. I remember when we uh, tried to name our first child, we, we, you know, today you have like a thousand books out there you can buy, and you go, oh, you can, this name, this, what name? Oh, my goodness. You, you don't know which name to call you. After a while, he's like, you, whew, what name I'm going to call? You know, this was specific. Joseph, you don't choose the name. I'm giving you the name. I conclude with this. How did the birth of Jesus uh, come about? It was a miracle. First of all, let me put it this. Let me share with you three applications, and we're going to be done from this passage in closing. First of all, stand in awe of this great miracle. If we look at this story, you got to stand in awe. How could, listen to me, how could God... The creator of all things limited himself to a child in order to go to Calvary to save us. How can God love me that much? Secondly, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, will you come to him today? Christmas is a celebration, but you can celebrate Christmas a lot better. If you receive the greatest gift of all. Listen, cars are new, bicycles are new, you know, iPads and iPhones, they're great, but eventually they get old. I'll tell you what, my phone has been freezing on me. It means it's getting old. But the, birth, the gift of salvation is forever new. Forever new. If you have it, rejoice in it. If you don't have it, you can have it today. Thirdly, God, uh, good news is worth sharing. Isn't it? When you have your first child, it was good news? Come on. When you had your first child, it was good news? Of course it's good news. You know, I, I, uh, it, it is good news. So you know what? You want to tell everybody. To use the most precious thing. So you want to tell everybody. Is the birth of Jesus good news? Then tell people about Jesus. This time of the year, hey, oh yeah, we love Santa Claus. That's a good guy. But Christmas is about Jesus. He is the reason for the season. Yesterday I said to the people, Merry Christmas. And everybody looked at me like, and I said, all right, some of you do not believe this, but Merry Christmas anyway. <laughs> anyway, so it's worth sharing good news. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for...
your love, for your mercy, for your goodness. And I pray, Father, this morning, if there's someone here today that never received Jesus as their personal